Welcome back to episode 2 of Sports Talk. I'm your host, Darian Paish. Thank you for tuning in to Slam Radio on Series XM Channel 145. So in today's podcast, we have two topics that we're going to talk about. The first one is the awards. Who might win the best FIFA player award? Who might win the best goalkeeper? Who might win the Ballon d'Or? Or who might be the best coach? After that, we'll be talking about recent results of the biggest matches that have happened. Starting off with the first award, you have El Ballon de Oro. The award has been in Messi's hands around six times, which is the most by any player in history. And he's also competing for his seventh one this season. Despite his early struggles at PSG, he's found a rhythm and he scored three goals in around four to five matches. But last season, he put on a monster show out there. He scored 38 goals in 48 games for FC Barcelona. After that, during the summer, he went and played for Argentina, where he won La Copa de América. After that, you have Robert Lewandowski, who in 2015 was supposedly robbed of the award, despite Messi coming off maybe the one of the best seasons of his career and best seasons of anybody who's ever played. Messi scored around 90-something goals that, that previous season, so that's why it was given to him. But nonetheless, Rob Lewandowski has also shown potential of winning this award. From 2015 to present day, he scored more than 250 goals. And in this season alone, he scored 15 goals in 11 games. At the age of 33, he's won European Cups, domestic cups he's done it all and he's not been able to win an individual award because of other good players performing better than him after that you have Jorginho he's an Italian midfielder who plays for Chelsea and sort of overhyped in my opinion despite winning the Euros and the Champions League in the same season he wasn't that effective when he came down to those games for Chelsea, he barely had any assists, around 2,000 touches, which is absolutely nothing. For a, a world-class footballer that they consider him, that's absolutely nothing. So I think he is the least favorite. Now, the following favorite for this award is Mo Salah. The Egyptian striker has been in top form recently, destroying Man United's defense scoring a hat-trick in that game, and then putting an assist or two in that game as well, and winning against Man United in a 5-0 win. He's been on top. He's also scored amazing goals from outside the box, curves it into the corner. He's definitely a favorite, and he's he's been pretty good all season. And last season, he was also a decent player. He's still performing at the top level. He's been performing for many years. So he might might be challenging Messi for this title. After that, you have Karim Benzema, the Real Madrid striker, also the French striker, has been in top form lately after winning the Nations League Cup with France over Spain in a 2-1 victory where he scored the goal to tie the game back up at the 66th minute. After that, Kylian Mbappe ended up and scored. Now moving on to the last 
of the favorites to win this award, you have Cristiano Ronaldo. After being unhappy with Juventus, he was transferred over to Man United where he started his career. And to be honest, he's been putting on a show lately. He's carried United to many wins, many late goals to keep their winning the league chances of lives and also being competitive in the Champions League. He's been that man and he's been scoring the goals when it's most needed. Now, does that mean he might win it? It might or might not because other players have been performing better like Lewandowski. He's had 15 goals in 11 games but his league is less competitive. Now Messi the same but Messi last if we're looking at last season's stats Messi was the superior player. Now one of the favorites on this list for the Ballon de Oro is um Kylian Mbappe. He's definitely talented but he could need some more experience. At this moment his ego I think is um, holding him back as a player because um, there, there's been chances where he could pass the ball, but since he wants to be the best in score, he prefers to take the shot, which is usually blocked by the goalkeeper. After that, you have Pedri. He's a Spanish midfielder for FC Barcelona. And he put on a show in the Euros. After being one of the top performers in in one game, which I think was the semifinals, he had 93% of his passes completed. And I think he took more than 20 passes that game. So that's pretty good for a young midfielder. He's also one of the top prospects. He's helped Barcelona. He had a great understanding with Messi last season. He can just build your midfield. like He can become the next Iniesta or Xavi, or similar to those players but he just needs time to recover after playing 73 games one season, which is a lot. And despite his age, he's um, he's been suffering lately because of injuries. After that, you have Modric. He's a great player, Croatian, and plays for Real Madrid. He's been helping Madrid every year, keep their shape and um, in a classical lately, he proved it once again. So there's really no arguing there. He's just a top class midfielder. After that, you have De Bruyne, top midfielder in the game. He can set up that midfield real nicely and put some through balls into your strikers. And he, he's just gonna find the open passes. If not, he'll create his own pass. It's not a problem for him. Erling Haaland, too young, I think, to win this award, but he's been putting on a monster season. He's been scoring goals left, right, but in the Champions League lately against Ajax, he shot around three or four times. Despite that defense not letting him do that, he created his own chances, and it just wasn't his day, I guess. The goalkeeper stopped everything, but he shot. So... Yeah. After that, you have Bruno Fernandes. Right now, Man United aren't looking so good, but he could um, could be challenging this award in a couple years. Right now, I don't think so, despite him being a great player. 
I think he's gonna have to work a little bit harder and um, be on the level of Messi or Modric. You have to compete with the best. So I don't think he's doing that right now. After that, you have the best men's goalkeeper. This award last year was given to Manuel Nair, and this award started in 2019. So in 2019, Alison Becker, who is Liverpool's goalkeeper, won it. The most in this category um, is Alison Becker and Manuel Nair with one award each. That's the most that have been handed out. But for this season, top favorites, I'd say, are Mendy, the Chelsea goalkeeper. He's been helping Chelsea keep the ball out of the net. He's saved them in late-game situations where most goalkeepers wouldn't be able to. So he's definitely one of the best goalkeepers out there right now. Donnarumma, he was great for Milan and so far he's been good with PSG. But for him to win this award, he he's going to have to become a starter, which that's going to be a problem when you have two top goalkeepers in your team. You have to keep swapping them around. If not, one of them is going to leave. And that's the case in PSG. They have Navas and Donnarumma, and both of them are good. None of them want to be benched, so... They're competing for that spot. And right now, it's like an even battle, so who knows. After that, Ter Stegen, he's been an exceptional goalkeeper for Barcelona from the start when he was brought to Barcelona to right now. He's saving Barcelona from the bigger embarrassment they could have gotten. FC Bayern Munich shot around like six times most of them were only Ter Stegen out, out there stopping that. The defense for Barcelona is nowhere, so Ter Stegen is definitely proving that he's a world-class goalkeeper. After that, you have Ederson. He's great in City also. he's He's been helping them, so that can be somewhere where he can win it. After that, you have top coach. German club, the Liverpool manager, has had a great start to the season. And last season, he had even a better start. He's been the top coach for two seasons in a row, and it's understandable why. He's won against Real Madrid in the Champions League. He's lost in the Champions League, but he's proven his worth. He's won with that team, the Premier League. He's won every cup possible. So definitely one of the top coaches out there right now. After that, you have Tom from Chelsea. He's a German manager, and he won the Champions League with them last season. He's been a top manager for them. He's um, maintained them in first place in the Premier League this season. So he's also a top coach right now and one of the favorites to win this. After that, you have Pep Guardiola. You can't go wrong with Pep. He knows how to set up a team for any situation. He's been through it all. He's won the league with Man City. Unfortunately, he has not won the Champions League, but he's gotten far to it, and there's a big chance he might win it this season. After that, you have Eric Ten Hag. He's a Netherlands coach for Ajax, and he's dominating the league 
after winning last season, they have, I think, their 15th trophy in club history. And then in the Champions League, they're absolutely one of the best teams out there and possibly a competitor for the Champions League trophy. They've stopped Haaland, despite Haaland creating some chances, but mostly they've stopped him, which is almost impossible to do. They scored goals 4-0 against Dortmund. They've, they've been on a rampage, so they have a great team from their wingers and Anthony to their striker and Sebastian Haller and their defense and blend to their goalkeeper. It's been a good um, team play and they've dominated everything they've done. And now for the final award, you have the FIFA's Best Man Player Award. This award has many of the same favorites as the Ballon d'Or. But the only difference is that Kylian Mbappe now is one of the top favorites here. He scored 42 goals with 11 assists, which is good. But at the same time, if you look at what league he plays in, there's no competition there. Now, if we're talking about the Premier League, that's where a player gets respect because you can be the worst player, you can be the worst team on that table, but still at the end of the day, you're competing for something you're not trying to get relegated and every team has the work ethic that most teams don't have in other leagues so that's definitely one thing killing Mbappe has a disadvantage in the league he plays in Cristiano Ronaldo last season he made 29 goals for Juventus it's a super competitive league despite them not winning the league and ending up in fifth place he still put on a show like he usually does. He scored 29 goals. You can't ask more from a 36-year-old, I think. He's been in top form. So now Lionel Messi, he's scored um, 38 goals in 48 games. He's top form with Barcelona. Right now he's struggling PSG, which could affect his rankings in the FIFA's Best Man Award. But I doubt it because he also won the Copa America. Robert Lewandowski, like I said previously, 250 goals since 2015. And he scored 15 goals this season alone in 11 games. So he's also a favorite. The top favorites here, I think, are Messi and Lewandowski. As well for El Balón de Oro are Messi and Lewandowski as well. Now Messi has won six best FIFA men's player award and Lewandowski won it last year and has won. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison, why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. 
Good morning, amigo. So that Never one makes a little more sense. Backwards, not even to get. How do you even, like, well, hold on. That might be actually difficult to. Para atrás ni para coger impulso. Don't even go back a step, to, even if it's just to go forward. It seems Always like it's a long forward. explanation. Yeah, it's hard it to It seems like you have to write. Forward. It sounds like two, 250 words explain this sentence. That phrase needs an instruction manual. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no. That's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison? Why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTechStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Sam Radio has brought so much positivity into my life that allows so many young people to have a voice. I'm very thankful for this opportunity at Slam Radio. Not a lot of people get to say that they worked on the first radio station run inside a high school. I've learned so much from Frank the Tank. I've learned so much from Danny, from The Amigo. I've learned so much from them, and I thank them so much, and it means a lot to me. Slam Radio is a community. It just gives you opportunity. They give you opportunities that not many schools have. The people here are just great. Someone always has your back no matter what. It is definitely a place to leave your egos and your insecurities behind and just be yourself and all become one. I'm so thankful for everybody here at Slam Radio, and I'm thankful for the wonderful opportunity that I've been given to jumpstart my career. You are listening to Slam Radio on Sirius XM 145. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go! This is Tua Tungle Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam Radio. Radio. Sirius XM, yeah! So returning back from the commercial break, in this part of the podcast, I'll be talking about the top games that happened over the weekend and I'll be going into depth in each game. So starting off with the first game that happened over the weekend, it was a very good game when you looked at it at first, but it ended up being very one-sided. Liverpool versus Man United, the second place team in Liverpool versus the seventh team with Man United. The game ended up 5-0 in favor of Liverpool, but it was a great game by Liverpool, they opened up, they played the ball, and they were just a better team throughout the whole game. So starting off in the fi- in the fifth minute, Keita, a midfielder for Liverpool, got a through ball, and he just finished it off. Salah held off the ball long enough to make a defender from Man United go towards him, which freed up Keita, and then Keita put the ball in the back of the net. After that, in the 13th minute, Trent Alexander-Arnold put in a center into the box, which then was tapped in by Jota from a sliding position. After that, in the 38th minute, Salah scored his first goal by a, by a Keita um, center. It was a low ball between two defenders into the center, and um, Salah tapped it in. After that, in the 45th, when there was added time, Jota fakes and then passes it to Salah, who's in the edge of the box, and shoots in near post. That was um, a great goal, but 
the goalkeeper was in question there because that's the post he's supposed to be guarding. Now, if it was far post, it would be understandable because it's harder to reach. He's supposed to be guarding the near post, and the defenders are supposed to be guarding the far post, but he was beaten near post. So after that, halftime, and the game was already 4-0, and Liverpool were winning by a blowout. Then in the 50th minute after halftime, Jordan Henderson put a through ball from half field into Salah, who just doesn't miss from close range, and he put it in the back of the net. So it was a hat trick from Salah, a goal from Jota, and a goal from Keita. And then after that, the only event for Man United was in 60th minute, where um, Paul Pogba slid, um, and he was initially given a yellow card, but after review, he was given a red card because he, he slid and had his studs um, up, which can be very dangerous if he hits a player in the leg. So that's the only thing that happened for Man United that game. Now moving on to the second game that happened um, over the weekend. It was La Liga, the most anticipated game every year, the biggest rivalry in world football. So it was definitely an exciting game to watch. So the score was um, in Real Madrid's favor, where they won 2-1 to one against Barcelona. It was a great game from Madrid, and um, as a Barcelona fan, I think Barcelona didn't deserve to win. They could have tied the game many times, but how they were playing, they didn't deserve to win that game. So starting in the 20th minute, Vinicius got a through ball. Gets past the defenders, and when he gets to the edge of the box, he tries doing some sort of scales, couldn't get past Oscar Meninguez, a Barcelona defender, but he gets dropped in the box, he contests for a penalty, and he just couldn't get the penalty call, so it rapidly moved on, which led to the next event in the 24th minute where Ter Stegen got the ball, kicked it to the middle of the field, where Memphis Depay was waiting for it. After that, Memphis takes on a couple of players, gets past them, gets to the center of the box, Puts in a, a pass. Ansu Fati can't control it. It gets past him. And then Dest is wide open to take the lead in the 24th minute and just misses it. Poor Todd threw himself and everything. Couldn't reach the ball. And Dest unfortunately missed an easy goal. But the game was still tied. The first goal for Madrid where Alaba um, got a pass. Where the, where the play began at Vinicius where... Vinicius sent a, a ball, really good ball, to Rodrigo. Then Rodrigo sent another ball, another through ball, to Alaba. Alaba controlled that, then shot it from the edge of the left side of the box, outside, and he just scored it. Um, Ter Stegen threw himself, but unfortunately he wasn't able to reach the ball. It was a great attempt, but even a better goal. So after that, the game was quiet for some time. Until in the 43rd and 48th minute, Ansu Fati missed two easy goals. After that, in the 54th minute, um, Pique went in for a header, but it wasn't accurate enough. It got past the goalkeeper because the goalkeeper didn't throw himself. But it just, it was going to the corner and just didn't go in. It just went out. So the game was quiet for the rest and until... 
um, the nine, 90th minute where there's four minutes added Lucas Vasquez um, just gets that ball from a shot that Asensio took it was a rebound from the goalie and then Eric Garcia should have cleared the ball but he was beating to the ball by Lucas Vasquez, Vasquez who tapped it in and scored after that in the 90th minute where there's seven minutes added um, Kuna Guerrero or Sergio Guerrero um, scored the late goal um, but it was a good goal and it was his debut goal so Des put in a center after getting past Mendy and Aguero volleyed it first time and it was the first goal for Barcelona but it wasn't enough to beat them and the game ended up 1-2 um, to two in favor of Real Madrid who won and on the topic of FC Barcelona, after the 1-0 defeat to Rayo Vallecano, after Memphis Depay and Dest missed goals, the manager, um, Coleman, got sacked by the club president. And now, after less than 72 hours, Barcelona have found a new manager. But the new manager will not be announced until November 3rd. Um, the new manager is Xavi, used to be a captain and a player for FC Barcelona around 2013-2014, and he retired around 2015. After that, the next game that happened over the weekend, which was a very good matchup on paper, but ended up being a very average game, was PSG versus Martial, the biggest rivalry in France. There was a lot of key moments during this game, but it was really dry. It was 0-0. No team actually had a better chance at winning. Though Martial had more chances to win the game, but were just unlucky. So in the third minute, Payet puts a center to Malik, a striker for Martial. It was no good, the header. Then in the ninth minute, Di Maria had a chance. He put in a center to Mbappe, but Mbappe couldn't reach the center. So it was a lost possession. After that 10th minute, Mbappe and Messi passing the ball between each other until one pass from Messi that Mbappe couldn't control, they lost possession. After that, in the 23rd, was the biggest chance of the game where Malik, a striker for Martial, scored the goal to put them in the lead and they celebrated and everything just so it can be reviewed and taken off because it was offside apparently after that the game wasn't the greatest though Conrad de la Fuente used to be an ex-Barcelona player now plays for Marshall missed a couple goals that were right in front of the box so there's a lot of chances for Marshall to win but it was unlucky for them they ended up tying the game with PSG. The only thing that happened for PSG, which isn't good, was that Hakimi, one of their defenders, got a red card in the 67th minute. And that is all for all these reviews over these games. The last game was very, very boring. And there, wasn't, there wasn't a lot of action. The first two were really good, but apart from that, there's really nothing more that happened. Thank you for tuning in.